In our opinion, movies can be found in one of two realms. The realm of the renowned, those active in the minds of pop culture. Your masterpieces, your witty comedies, your impactful horror. There are even those that are so bad they're good. Cult classics. This is not a show about those movies. Instead, we bravely venture into the realm of the forgotten. We plummet the depths of cinema, searching amidst the left behind, the seventh at the box office and the bottom of the bargain bin. We seek out neglected films to find the ones worth salvaging from oblivion. And banish the unworthy back to the abyss. What hidden gems will we find on our exploration? What mediocre plot lines will we unearth? And what artifacts that may at first have been overlooked will we reclaim? I'm Wesley. I'm Peter. I'm Lily. I'm Sam. And hello from obscurity. By the middle of the 21st century, organ failure had become a worldwide epidemic. And in the midst of the chaos, one company emerged to save the planet, Geneco. Jeans? It's <laughs> Jeans and Co's. Um, its founder, Roddy Largo, uh, seem- seemingly saved the world with his business plan and prowess and um, legalizing organ repossessions, which is... Uh, basically legalized murder and you can hear throughout the movie this sort of um in the ether these sounds and you can hear an ad for him saying keep organ repossessions legal pass laws and yeah it's it's serious it's goofy it's stupid it's funny it's gory it's repo the genetic opera Woo! Woo! This is our this is our first musical, and what a first! <laughs> I know. Gosh. I yeah. I a fun story about this movie. This was the very first movie I saw on Netflix once they started offering streaming, because we we were DVD subscribers for a very long time, and then they rolled out streaming, and they sent me a little streaming disc that I could insert into the Wii uh, to activate Netflix on the Wii. And uh, uh, one of the first movies that popped up, for whatever reason, was Repo the Genetic Opera. Um, It must have uh, just come out, because this came out in, like, 2008, so I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine that was too far. Yeah, I... I think it was right around the time that the Wii was like exploding. Um, and everyone was like, why is there d- d- streaming on the Wii? And Netflix like, I somehow built a disc that enables <laughs> streaming on the Wii. Your uh, Wii was exploding? <laughs> yes. Right, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, so a little bit about uh, me in this movie. I'm going to refer to my notes one moment. Yeah, so this is a movie that uh, really, for me, the internet facilitated. Um, I don't know if anyone here grew up ever watched on YouTube, um, like the Disney fan videos. 
uh, that people put. So like, so what the, what it is, is hear, hear me, hear me out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like a fan will make a video from a musical and it could be, so in this instance, it was uh, at the opera tonight from this movie, the like at the opera tonight, only it was, um, they cast like Anastasia as Shiloh. Hades was um, the repo man, Nathan Wallace. And so that's how I first heard about it. And then my, I asked my mom to rent it for me at Blockbuster. And she said no. Oh. Because it looked yeah. too freaky. It is. And you know what? <laughs> Good on she your mom. Was, she was right. Yeah. <laughs> how old were you again, did you say? I was in eighth grade. Oh, you see, were like here's 13. I I yeah. feel like I'm watching this movie. I'm so bummed that I didn't see this in like at least high school. Because if I had seen this in high school, I would have been like obsessed. Like yeah. like to the level I was obsessed with Sweeney Todd and probably if I'd watched it around the same time. Because I feel like there's a lot of similarities between this and Sweeney Todd. I would yeah. have been obsessed. I would have been doing fan art. Mm-hmm. I would have been like looking up stuff about it all the time. I probably would have done like a Halloween costume. Like I, <sighs> I would have been like mad obsessed. Who if would you been this dressed up as? Probably like Repo Man or something. Like he is with the... like blood. Like I would have loved like a good like gory. Repo I would have been Man one costume. of Amber Sweet's characters. Mm-hmm. This probably from this her movie was like side, a. Right? This movie was like a uh, like a My Chemical Romance music video. Like yeah. the whole time, it was shot like a My Chemical Romance music video. The, like this the movie, soft, overexposed yeah. darkness. I like. Mm-hmm. I honestly can't like. The entire time I was watching this movie, I had the thought in my head of this movie suffers from the fact that it is a digital feature film being shot in 2008. Um, What does that mean? That means uh, there weren't very many professional digital cinema cameras back then. Um, And they weren't able to, like, basically, when you see a movie today, everything's digital unless Wes Anderson shot it. Um, (laughs) And it looks perfectly fine. Looks great. Looks lovely. Back in 2008, cameras weren't weren't as good. Uh, and so that's why I feel like a lot of this movie, as you said, is kind of has a music video type feel. It's the whites are super exposed. The oh blacks are crushed. Uh, see, I think it's a look like I, I no, like, no, no. It's, I like it. It as is a look. look, but my question is, I don't know if that look was entirely intentional. Well, I think it I works think it because it made me very like nostalgic. I also realized too, going into this, I've, I've like always said like, oh yeah, I'm a fan of musicals, but I realized recently, like when I say I'm a fan of musicals, I don't mean I'm a fan of like what most people think of as musicals. I mean, I'm a fan of like this kind of thing, like Mm -hmm. this and like Little Shop and Sweeney Todd. I like them like dark, gritty, kind of like horror comedy and like with lots of blood. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and, uh, right very early on in the movie, too, I think we were talking about like, Sam, you had brought up that this is much more quite literally an opera than a musical. Yeah. There's very mm-hmm. few spoken lines in yeah. this movie. It's basically like an operetta where yeah. like it's, it's all pretty much music and like short musical bits and then some longer songs, but even like dialogue is just all kind of like sung, um, which is cool. Yeah. So initially what, how this got created was the guy who played the grave robber and uh, his collaborator, Darren Smith, uh, in the early 2000s started making 10 minute operas and they performed them in clubs in LA. 
Oh, cool. And it was called The Necromancer's Debt. And the mm. idea was that um, they still had, that's kind of where the idea for the Jinko man, uh, or the, the Repo man came. And then, uh, and for uh, our dear listeners, the Repo men are sent to reclaim your organs for the company Jinko. So if you've defaulted on a payment, if you've missed a payment, Roddy Largo, the CEO, Paul Sorvino, sends out the repo man to take your heart, your pancreas, and the repo- genetic repossessions are lethal. They'll kill you, but they take back their property. You can see when um, Anthony Head takes this guy's spleen, it's like Jinko's barcode is like on the guy's spleen. Ugh, um, yeah. Anthony Head. I, yeah. Ugh, I love him. Chef's kiss. The like, fact that Anthony Head like doesn't have... 10 studio albums was his voice not like perfect he, in well, this? you know he he was uh frankenfurter in the revival the of rocky horror um he on was? the west end yeah and so was and craig ferguson was brad in that production what yeah Whoa. uh but yeah i actually like man, and after last night i went on like a deep dive to try to find some videos of him as frankenfurter and oh, he's perfect he's so good um, uh, yeah, but this, yeah, this yeah. show reminded me a lot of Rocky Horror with his yeah. voice. And then the guy who played, I think his name is Bill Mosley in real life. He played one of the sons of yeah. uh, he, Roddy Lotto. He Luigi. Yeah, he, he sounded a lot like um, um, uh, Meatloaf in Frank uh, in Rocky. He definitely Horror had show. a distinct voice. He he also looked like George McFly. <laughs> he looked like yes. George McFly. He did from, look like George. Except he, he sure took off his did. shirt every time. Yeah, like, every okay. every time he wanted to make a point, he ripped his shirt open. They were like, ah, I'm Luigi. Like, I'm the strongest. I'm, I'm the, the strongest smartest. and the toughest. I will find a hole in it. Uh, I was scared that um, he would yeah. actually cut like a hole in somebody and start. Yeah, It looked I, like that's th- what he was, was about to do. Yeah, I was This was a very a visceral like movie mm-hmm. it made me go ooh what the hell like a yeah. lot of times and i wasn't surprised when i saw the director directed the saw movies yes also oh, this is not james wan by the way it's darren lynn bozeman directed this uh he I, he also directed saw 2 Right. Yeah, and this was his passion project of passion projects of passion projects. Like he had I love made that. enough money from yeah from the Saw movies to get some, you know, some clout. And he was like, I mean, before I think when he read the script, he was right out of film school, and he like begged. Um, I'm just gonna call him the grave robber guy and his collaborator Darren Smith to let him direct the stage show and then eventually over time as he got more work he was like i'm always gonna want to make this movie i'm always gonna want to come back to this and it's just awesome and then just a few more things before i forget um let's see um yeah so just the first thing is a lot of people consider this movie a cult classic um i don't this is the first time ever i'm ever talking about it with people uh in my life yeah I think it's too <laughs> obscure to be a cult classic. See, yeah, I disagree. Yeah, and they said on the Wikipedia... I disagree, oh, well, because I do. talked to... <laughs> well, I talked to somebody yesterday who who was, like, telling me all of... Like, I had told him, hey, we're doing... I'm on a podcast. We're doing Repo the Genetic Opera this time. He's like, is that obscure? I feel like that's never went away. That's... Uh, like really? he, he told me all about it and all about how his roommate and him uh, love it. Well, and... And so I was like, oh, interesting. I never knew about this cult. 
Yeah. Uh, See, I'd never heard like, of it's it. It's a thriving before, thing. Though. So yeah. maybe it's like a fringe thing. It's maybe not yeah, because until Lily brought it up, thing. Until Lily brought it up, I'd never met a single person who had seen this movie. Well, as I've been talking about like the podcast and like what we shows we've been doing, yeah. I say Repo Man, and everybody. Or I'm sorry, I say Repo the Genetic Opera, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, I love that movie." Or and I'm I'm talking to theater people mostly. Yeah, I like, think that okay. makes a difference. But like, I had never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's one of those where it is a cult classic, but it's not a very very small cult yeah. following. So it's like the people who know it know it well and love it yeah and then they tell their friends people know about it yeah 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 and i definitely think like um there there are pictures online on wikipedia said like there have been sort of global like midnight showings and stuff i have never heard of one i have never seen one great if there are call me out say this is not obscure that's fine um i just think that this is in league with Rocky Horror in terms of, mm-hmm. like, the energy. Um, I like it more. I think it's more original. I think it's better written. It has um, more of a plot, too, in some ways than Rocky it's Horror. True. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's more interesting. Um, yeah. And then, let's see. And even, like, people, like, the guy, the grave robber guy was like, we would have loved to have made a sequel. We still want to make a sequel at the end, you can see. And the genetic It was supposed to be continues. a trilogy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was supposed to be a trilogy, and the second movie was supposed to be like a prequel to these events, and it was like Repo the Beginning or something. And then they were going to do another one, which was like going to take place after, I think, the events of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like after Shiloh's emancipation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could have done one with Marnie, you know, like. Well, yeah, that's what they were planning. And then, yeah, no, I, I'm, uh, I'm bummed. Which that one's that didn't Marnie? Happen. Marnie's the, the mom. Marnie is the mom. The dead mom. Oh, Marnie's the Which, mom. Which, yeah, we could the go through the mom. plot a little bit. Um, yeah, we should go so, through the plot because we're just throwing out names. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so how this happened is Roddy Largo, he saves humanity with this company, Co. and their payment plans. Um, he has had, he already had Amber, Roddy, and Poppy as kids, but he was dating this woman named Marnie. Gorgeous, like, they were totally in love. But then she met Nathan Wallace, who was like this dorky doctor, and she was basically like a mob wife, Anthony Stewart Head. And they fell in love. She ditched Roddy, makes him very mad. Um, And then she ends up getting a blood disease, and Roddy uses that while pregnant. And Roddy uses that as a way to sneak poison into Nathan's lab, who is a doctor, and he puts poison in Nathan's lab, but... And so when Nathan administers the medicine and it kills Marnie, he thinks it's because of him. Mm-hmm. And so his whole life, he blames himself. What I like about that is that even at the end of the movie, uh, what's his name? Stuart Head? Anthony. Stuart Head? Don't Anthony Stuart Head. Yeah, he, uh, he doesn't even realize that like, yeah. there was no reveal that Roddy put the, the poison in the head. Mm-hmm. Or po- poison in the <laughs> Poison in the poison and it's so in good the too because Roddy, like even Roddy, in the things you see in the graveyard song, was like, "I guess I'll take it to my death." <laughs> like yeah. Paul Sorvino is such a great villain in this. Like he yeah. never once thought to suspect the man who wrote his checks. Yeah. He goes I, like, all out in this movie. Dude, Paul I've Sorvino. only seen him. I've only seen him in Godfather, so I thought. Oh, I'm sorry, not the Godfather. Goodfellas, yeah. which is like the Godfather of gangster films. 
No, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> it's. I just thought he was going to kind of show up in this movie Same. and kind of do it half-heartedly. No, he went full out. I'm I'm a big fan of big guys in Hollywood. Dude, Bless your heart. This, uh, this sorry. Yeah, this movie has a stacked cast. Yeah, it's got man. Paul Servino is really alone. Yeah, Paul Paul Servino, who amazing singer. I had like. I, it's been so long since I've seen this movie. I'd forgotten who he was. Amazing singer. <laughs> uh, Anthony Stewart Head. It's got uh, Alexa Vega, who you may know as Carmen from the Spy Kids movies. <laughs> My crush at 10, yes. Yeah. It's got Sarah Brightman in it. It's got Paris Hilton. It's got a cameo from Joan Jett. It does? What? Where? Yeah. Remember in... seventeen. Uh, yeah, remember oh, in her okay. weird song yep. where oh. a guitarist just randomly shows up in her room and like looks angry while playing the guitar? Yeah. That's Joan Jett. Wow. Wow. Okay, I did not recognize her. And then for all the cool uh, music hipsters who know the band Skinny Puppy, um, the guy Ogre plays Pavi, who is the guy, the, the sibling who steals people's faces. Oh, he was so scary. Mm. Yeah, he was crazy. He was so frightening. <laughs> One of my favorite moments is at the end when... Um, Roddy's like, kill him. And Luigi's like, kill him. And then Bobby's like, you're going to leave her all of it? Oh, no. <laughs> They're just so goofy. I love it. Okay, so quick finish out the plot. I'm going to quick finish yeah, I was gonna say, telling we should, the story. We <laughs> okay, so um, Marnie dies while pregnant with Shiloh, um, who is Alexa Vega. She grows up with a blood disease. She's 17 years old. She doesn't know anything about the world. But Nathan is now the repo man. Um, employed by Jinko, and through uh, the story is sort of her coming to terms with um, who her dad is. She learns who he is. She learns that um, Roddy was in love with his with her mom. She learns about Blind Meg, who's her godmother, who was friends with her mom. Um, what am I missing? And I, am I missing anything? And chaos and drama and music ensues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, something about she needs a cure, and so Paul lures her out. Yeah, right? so, so Roddy yes. lures her out. The the daughter uh, Shiloh, yeah, she's like told by her dad that she has the same blood disease, um, and like that she can't go outside, but she sneaks outside sometimes anyway um, to catch bugs. And yeah, I think it's that Paul Sorvino like, like sees creature. her uh, when she like sneaks out at the beginning. He like sees her in the graveyard, and he like sees like, oh, she looks just like her mother. I want to leave Jean Co to her and not my stupid kids. Uh, so yeah, he makes a plot to like lure her out. Uh, by telling her he has a cure for her disease. Uh, and then we can maybe get into the end plot once we're there a little bit more. Yeah. It felt like an episode of Succession with the with the Roddy <laughs> family, the Largo family. Yeah. I would watch Succession if it was like this. <laughs> oh, my God. I steal and, pieces. Um, yeah. Just a quick thing, too, about um Paris Hilton playing, like, an appropriation of what our perception of her is no i <laughs> did like surprise like i would, didn't go into this with like super high expectation but she did really good i also like read some stuff like she was so passionate about this movie there was a point where she they were, still like, wants 50, to make a thousand dollars like over budget or something and so she did like a like a uh i'm trying to like a thing like at like some club or whatever to like raise all the money quickly uh to like send it back to the movie um, and all of her, like most of her costumes are her own clothes and stuff. Um, she, she was apparently very, very into this movie, which I think is cool. 
Yeah, for me, definitely watching this in 2008, I remember being like, oh, Paris is playing this character. Okay, there's there's more going on here with, like, the Paris stuff. And now I yeah. feel very validated now that we mm-hmm. all, like, the d- post-documentary, we know, like, that's not her real voice. She was she went through all the stuff when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm very um, – I have a special place in my heart uh, for Paris. Also, special place in my heart for Paul Sorvino. Everyone knows his daughter oh. Mia Sorvino was blacklisted by Harvey Weinstein after not sleeping with him. Um, mm. Paul Sorvino said, if I ever meet Harvey Weinstein, I'm going to beat the shit out of him for my daughter. And I'm always like, good on you, Paul. Anyway, Damn. I didn't know. That. Um, yeah. So you all liked it because this. I'm feeling very vulnerable and exposed by showing you this. This was movie. my I favorite feel thing seeing... we've watched so far. <laughs> it was <gasps> fun. It was. I would say what Munchausen should have been, which is like fast-paced editing to get through kind of to get to the b- bizarre parts that I really enjoyed, and you could sink your teeth into. So, yeah. This is any favorite songs. I, I like this. Yes, the Mag song, where Megs goes to the blind Megs character, sees Shiloh or or knows of Shiloh's existence. Yeah, doesn't she see her at the circus? Is that what? Is that how they mm-hmm. meet? Yeah. Um, uh, Rhodey introduces the two of them, and she's like, okay. "Oh, of course, she looks exactly like her mother." I'm gonna go because, like, th- she knew her dad Nathan as well. So she goes to their house and be like, "By the way, I'm your godmother." And she didn't know that Shiloh had survived because he told her that they yeah. both died. So she wanted to go see her. That's um, during that time. That's where I'm like, "Oh, Nathan, you're a villain." I know. I mean, I I also I love a character who is like a villain or like a good guy trapped doing like horrible things, like because he's basically forced to be this repo man because he repo. thinks he killed his wife. And they're like, well, you can, I guess like go to jail or like work for us. Um, and yeah, I love, I love that dynamic of a, a tortured uh, hero who does horrible, horrible things. <laughs> I mean, that's why I like Sweeney Todd too. Like, I feel like there's, there's a lot of like the similarities between that. Uh, and yeah, my favorite song was basically just any time Anthony Stewart had opened his mouth. So <laughs> <laughs> Valid. sorry, I'm also like a huge Buffy fan. And this is not that long after Buffy. So he still is like and also he's wearing glasses. He basically just looks like Giles, but like killing people. And uh, that was that was hot. <laughs> yeah, apparently he was cast because of Buffy. They saw yeah, the musical episode. They saw the musical voice, episode. You guys, mm-hmm. I want to make an, uh, a podcast just talking about how sexy his voice is. He's got in such this a movie. cool, like punk rock kind of sound. Um, I it love it. It sounds him. effortless when he's singing. When he's um, my favorite song, "Legal Assassin." So that's when he's like, "Years roll by without you, money." Seventeen, oh, coming and then you realize he one. is the Repo Man. Uh huh. And um, watching the behind-the-scenes footage, you see the uh, you see Grave Robber being like, "This is a monologue for Anthony," and you see the audition footage that he sang, and you're like, "That's how you sing without accompaniment, you freak! That's how you sound when it's just you. What planet are you from?" Yeah. No, he's, he's I, I, but yeah. I also love the Avril Lavigne moment where she just like, I'm 17. You're not the boss of me, Dad. I can do whatever I want. That Look, came out of nowhere. My least favorite song. I liked it's it. I thought bad. it was. I thought it was right. I was like, well, I liked it maybe ironically because it was just this out of nowhere, yeah. of its time moment uh, in 2008 that 
you know, Alexa, what's her name? Alexa, Alexa Vega. Vega got to Who sing now works Everly for like an essential oils M- L- M&M, MLM. Ooh, she works for just M&M? Big, she, it's just a big bummer that mm-hmm. Shiloh yeah. Wallace now works selling essential mm. oils. And sometimes reprises her role as a uh, lava girl for Robert Rodriguez movies. Yes. Heck yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, let's see here. Okay, yeah. So um I don't want to say that this movie like instilled in me a pathological fear of privatized healthcare, but I think it instilled in me a, <laughs> a pathological fear of privatized healthcare. Um Yeah. Because it's, it's showing, like, the cautionary tale, but without being, like, preachy or, like, annoying or self-righteous. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're greedy, we're prone to corruption as people, we're destroying the planet, but it's, like, fun and goofy and weird. Yeah, I was saying to Sam while we were watching Emphasis it, imagine... weird. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if, like, Johnson & Johnson, once a month, put on this, like, no-holds-bar murder show. <laughs> be like, hey, here we go. Or, like, they just knocked on your door and be like, hey, sorry, you couldn't pay for insulin, so I'm going to remove your blood. <laughs> but Johnson Johnson is a family company, just like Genko. <laughs> uh, You'll always save a bundle when you buy our Genko parts. Mm. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah. No, wow, I, Sam. So you guys really liked it. This is a big moment in our friendships. I feel accepted by you guys. Well, I did. Peter, did you like it? Because I feel like no. Peter's okay. been very quiet every time we talk about how much we liked it. I didn't like this movie, which is strange because when I saw it in 2008, I loved this movie. Um, oh I wasn't God. into it. Um, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was just fine. It's like interesting because we all hated. Baron Munchausen and Peter. So basically, Peter has opposing views to all of us. No, he's been very accepting. I feel like, uh, like me and Lily are always like the ones that are like this fucking sucks ass. So, <laughs> so Peter, do tell. I uh, there was just nothing that I could really like latch onto in this movie. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of the visual style either. It somehow felt both really cheap and really expensive at the same time. Like, the design of uh, of Roddy's office, I hated. Every time we went there, it looked like they'd, like, spray-painted a cardboard wall behind him and said, this is the richest man in the world. <laughs> um, but like, he sings to gold. Yeah, my goal. He sings the world go round. I like. I feel like um, I would like this a lot. I here. Here's what I think. Um, As a movie musical, I don't believe it elevated itself above a stage musical. It did not need to be that. For in my opinion, there was nothing here that could only be accomplished on screen. Um, it felt like a stage musical. It felt like something that could, like, I could really get engrossed in if I saw live. But just the, I don't know, the the sound mixing on it, like, it removed the instrumentation from their voices uh, too much, and that brought me out. The some of the sets felt like they just picked them up off the stage and put them on 
a film studio. Like that there was just enough little things that continually brought me out of the movie. Um, that I couldn't latch on. I liked the the story of it. I loved the originality of it. Some of the songs I really enjoyed. Uh, we we were talking before about my favorite song is Zydrate comes in a little glass vial, a little glass vial, and very catchy, vial. very fun. Rhyme. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I didn't dislike this movie. I just couldn't sink my teeth into it. This movie though had like you say that this movie didn't accomplish anything that couldn't have been accomplished on stage. However, I think the gore was like a central part of this movie. And I doubt that any of that could have done on stage. Or, okay, I not also any don't of that, but mind like a musical that kind of looks like theatrical, like a, te- like a movie musical. Cause I sometimes feel like movie musicals try too hard to like, be this big thing and it kind of takes away from the fact that it is a musical and I appreciated that this one still kind of felt like you were watching a show like a stage show plus can I say that the world felt much bigger because of those CG like not great CGI but those CGI cityscape um uh-huh. like scenes <laughs> like I felt like screen. I was living in a world it's not like some movies where they say that there's a city out there, or some sci-fi movies, they say that there's a futuristic city out there, but we never see it or never care. This one definitely did it. Oh, I love that. I love that it gave me scope. But this is going to Anonymous, where he gave us scope with Shakespeare, so I guess I like scope. When this movie started, I thought for sure, we're diving right back into the world of Priest. We're starting with that <laughs> comic book opening. We're zooming into a... a, a That's a, true. A, uh, oh, God. A uh, dystopian city where all, all these weird folks are walking around and being weird. And we cut back to comic books sometimes. Like, all right, Priest version two. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I think this is a little better than Priest. Oh, it's better than Priest, <laughs> by far. <laughs> I think um, what's so weird to me about like just the Hollywood movie musical right now is that like something like this with Brightman, Sorvino, and Head are these vocal powerhouses, and it gets mm-hmm. panned. It gets you know, it's it's kind of relegated to genre movies, but. Les Mis is good with Hugh Jackman singing out of range and Russell Russell Crowe is doing a great job. So it's like this weird hypocrisy where it's like the movie that actually has really good singers is like push, but the people singing out of range get nominated for Oscars. I would I would take a smaller, like low budget, but with amazing singers over like that, like a Les Mis kind of thing any day. I mean, I also just enjoy this. Like I said before, this type of musical versus... Les Mis, which I'm not really, honestly, a huge Les Mis fan. Um, so. <laughs> You're speaking your truth. It wasn't mm-hmm. weird enough for you. Yeah, no, I like, I like them weird. Mm-hmm. I like, them, like weird. them weird. I like them chunky. <laughs> I, I, I really, so I will say to preface why I really like this movie is because I knew it was coming. Um, unlike going into, and yeah, I would compare this directly to Les Mis, Unlike going into Les Mis, which I had no idea that it was going to be all singing, kind of mm-hmm. this cheesy facade of, uh, of France, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I watched this with... Uh, I watched this with you, Peter. Yeah, we, we saw got, Les Mis came, together. Went, yeah. We went to it, and it was just... It was so dramatic. It was so 
extra. And I describe this movie the same way, except I prepared for it. I understood what was coming. I knew that it was more of a cult film, and that's mm-hmm. why I got myself in this mode to watch a cult film. I also had uh, a margarita with it. So Whoa. It was a I, had, I had some time. hard seltzer, I will say. It was a good time. Yeah. So it was uh, a good time watching this movie in a rather glass than. Vial. In a yeah. little glass vial. I, I think took a the shot. other difference, too, is like it's more self aware of its like campy cheesiness. Yes. Like that's part of the style, whereas I feel like some musicals like take themselves a little too seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and I think that's why I liked it. It was more tongue in cheek than mm-hmm. uh, uh, less muscle. Yeah. I guess the biggest so. thing I feel too is like I just want to watch it again because I feel like I was kind of tired last night and I really liked it. And I, I'm honestly gonna maybe go buy this afterwards just to like <laughs> <Yay>! rewatch. <laughs> Lily, yeah. I had a question. I had a question I for an you, answer. Lily. Okay, yes. I was wondering. So you this. This is right up your alley. When did you kind of get into, like, have you gotten into more of the cult of it? Do you, have you watched, like, videos or people, like, appreciating this movie? Uh, um, kind of like Rocky Horror or Like the Room or? And if you have, where can I find it? <laughs> <laughs> this is, so the only thing I've really done with this is, um, like, Again, the Disney fan videos, they still make them. I, I can send you guys some links after this please, just because they're funny. Please. Like, they're kind of just great 2008 YouTube mm-hmm. throwbacks. Um, but, yeah, like, when I was in eighth grade, I really – I don't know what it says about me, but I really thought it was my destiny to someday play Amber Sweet, Paris Hilton's character. Like, I thought that it was just kind of destined, like, one day I will go, I don't care. It's not fair. I need a stage name. Like, I don't know what it was. I just, I think just she's so, like, stupid and free and doesn't give a shit. And, um, yeah, I really, yeah, it's it's weird talking about this. I feel like I'm... (laughs) Show I showed a, a piece of my heart with this movie, which is so <laughs> weird because it's everyone, you know, it's not mine. Um, but yeah, I I think it's it's just really good. I really like, like it. Yeah, and one thing with her character is that scene towards the end where she's singing and like her face is like slipping off. Oh, I God. wanted that to go on for longer. Like I wanted it to be like a full song where she's like trying to keep her face on and well, then it like falls off the end. But I also uh, know that some of these songs were shortened and I'm like they're probably a longer yeah, version of that. Yeah. For for context with that, I'm uh, I'm discovering things as we're talking because I'm just looking stuff up. So the the uh uh released cut that I believe we all saw um runs about uh hour 35. Um nice. That was concise, another great thing. It was short. Classic 90 minute movie. In and out. Uh, the original cut was two and a half hours long. <laughs> I, I would have not liked that. It. I, I oh my that. god! I think I would have turned it off. Oh my god! Yeah, Lily, Lily and I, I will go watch the full cut. <laughs> there are songs um, with Amber Sweet walking up to the grave robber, and she's like, "And it's so gross." It's like, "What's the matter, grave robber? Can't get it up if the girl's breathing." Like, it, oh yeah, that's a song I heard. Was eighth cut. grade, hearing that, and I had no <laughs> idea what it meant. <laughs> I was just like, "Yeah, like." I just want to yeah. preface, no, no music made me feel as cool as this music does growing up. Like, yeah, I thought I was cool. the baddest bitch in town when I turned on Legal Assassin or Night Surgeon. I was like, I'm 
so edgy and cool. Oh, yeah. And I totally like, feel it. I had yeah. songs like that, too, like middle school, where I'd like have it on my headphones and be like, yeah, like I like I know this crazy song that none of my friends are listening to. For me, it was like Zombie by the Cranberries, which like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like not that big. It has like two so billion close. views on YouTube. It just, it yeah. just had like, you know, intense guitar. It had guitars. distorted guitar. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you guys, um, just stylistically, were you drawn to the car- cartoon comic? Because the guy, the grave robber guy, he is a very accomplished illustrator and oh, storyboard artist. And you can tell. I, I think he them. did all those. Yeah. 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 I did too. I, I thought it was a really good, like, framing. So it, throughout the movie, the, like as they intro each character... Uh, they'll start to talk about the character and then a title card will come up and it'll be like Roddy's story or Marnie's story. And then it'll go to a quick like uh, graphic novel style illustration of, oh, here's this and then go into the story. And I really like like so often you see movies being like, all right, we're going to do flashback on flashback on flashbacks. You know what it is. But this like took a very deliberate storytelling device that I think worked for it really well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting too, because I actually had the thought that like usually right after those little like graphic novel inserts, the character would then like sing a song kind of just explaining everything you just heard. So I feel like I could see it as a stage play being fine without that but i also think sometimes it's a little harder to always follow a story when it's all just being sung so i appreciated it kind of like all right this is this is what we're talking about here and now he's gonna sing a song about the background information you just got well it's it makes sense now that you just said like uh there was a two and a half hour version of this Mm -hmm. because there was no songs that i could really get my well, sink my teeth into, except for that Meg's song, the mm-hmm. the blind Meg song when she's singing to Shiloh. Chase the and morning. The, yeah, and everybody, everybody, stand up, stand up, get oh, up, yeah. get up. Th- those were the two songs where I was like, this actually has a melody and has a first part, a refrain, a chorus, perfect songs. Okay, the other songs were just Well, short, that's why it's more like seconds. an op- too like it's like they're not necessarily songs they're more just like the story being told through song so it's like more conversational bits when meg started singing like actual opera that's the moment where i was like oh yeah i don't really want to see opera i don't uh, (laughs) because at that point i was like maybe i should go see an opera i kind of like this and then she started singing in italian and everything and i was like Mm, yeah. I don't need this. You should this. go see an operetta. Yeah, and uh, of okay. course, like, Some, um, also, like if, I saw those bugle chips on her fingers, and I was oh, like, yeah. "Those are bugle chips!" And then she stabbed her eyes out. I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell am I watching?" <laughs> no, I, I was just <laughs> waiting. Blood like, so you, good. You know, the second freaking <laughs> Sarah Brightman shows up on screen, start the countdown clock till she does an amazing operatic solo. Oh, uh, and like, because I kept waiting for that. Like, they obviously knew Sarah Brightman was going to be here. Like, this is such a role written for her. Actually, no. She was a last minute casting. They had someone really? else, but for some reason, because their budget was so low, they had to go with <laughs> they Sarah had to go with Brightman. This. What? Yeah, which I read, I read and I was like, I don't really, but yeah, that's on the, the trivia page. We, yeah, because uh, a lot of her songs, she shows up and like, she's obviously a fantastic singer, but. Uh, 
uh, there, there was nothing like what I would call Sarah Brightman levels of singing until that final opera piece where she uh-huh. floats into the air. It's like, there we go. I could see then maybe <laughs> when they ended when they ended up with Sarah Brightman. Uh-huh. Gee, what a what a, yeah, bummer. a disappointment. Uh, they uh, maybe they added that like very operatic uh-huh. moment for her. But uh, but yeah, I that was shocking to me. I was like, I think you should be happy. You guys yeah. got Sarah Brightman. Kidding me. Like, it's so sweet watching the behind the scenes footage of, and they were just like, oh, "We have Sarah!" Like they were so excited. And Wait, she where do you loved, get this? It sounded the like she footage. loved. The, I will show you next Please. time we hang yes. out. I will bring yes. my laptop. When yes. you buy it on iTunes, you get the this package. But yeah, Sarah seemed like she was in the behind the scenes. She was like, "It's just such an original story. I never heard anything like it." I was like, "You go, Sarah." I have a confession. What? I don't really know who Sarah Brightman is. Who is Sarah Brightman? She's a very famous, uh, like Broadway, like West End. She was the original. Christine. She was the original in Phantom. Christine. She's Christine. who Christine died. Like that role was written for, basically. Wow. Okay. Because yeah. she used to be married to. Um, well, I'm blanking on his name. Man, man who Lloyd writes Webber. a lot of, Lloyd Webber. Yes, she used to oh. be married to him and. He's never gotten over it. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he, he was the Phantom and she was Christine yeah. in every sense of the word. Okay. She all, yeah. She also had a very like famous opera tour with Andrea Bocelli for a while mm-hmm. where uh, if you've ever heard the song Time to Say Goodbye, yes. that was essentially written for those two. Um, just an extremely accomplished uh, singer and actor. Okay, so I've heard her songs. I just never yeah, heard you her you yes. you've definitely heard her, heard her sing okay. before if you've heard any of those. Yeah, and did you guys enjoy? Because for me, I don't know what it is about these kinds of stories, but when someone is, um, and I just watched All About My Mother by Pedro Almodovar, and it kind of has a similar vibe where there's someone like Marnie who is this emotional linchpin, and they're either completely absent, they show up for one minute, or they're dead. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but like to have a character that ties them all together, who isn't alive, who is still sort of this force, this character, I really liked. And how she was in all the comic book flashbacks Mm -hmm. of the three kind of like tragic characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like revolved around her. He could only save one. He could only punish one. Yeah. And she could only serve one. It, uh. It, it that also reminded me kind of of Sweeney Todd with like his wife being kind of this like central thing that like everything stems from essentially. Or Batman's um. parents. Or Batman. I Let's sorry, I just watched Batman. Batman. I'm quick. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that was ham fisted in there. I didn't mean to take that. I wouldn't I just say watched Batman. Okay, uh, Thomas Wayne is the linchpin of the yeah, exactly. Batman universe. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, I will say this this movie did not do particularly well. Uh what? It was a um a mostly self-raised 8.5 million dollar budget. Um it made in the US $50,000. That's um, not surprising. That's as much as Paris got back for them when they went over yeah. budget. Uh but but don't worry, they also released it internationally where it grossed Fifty thousand more dollars. <laughs> mm, yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it so much though now that they're gonna make it all back. Uh-huh. 
We're going to uncult this movie. <laughs> uncult this <laughs> uncult this movie uh, that should be it i honestly i want that to be our like slogan like yeah, uncult yeah. This movie. <laughs> welcome to hello from obscurity let's uncult this movie yeah let's uncult this bitch uh, i do like i uh i enjoy the um i was gonna say i, I enjoy the gore i, I don't usually I enjoy too. gore but I think in this context, it made gore it's so campy. appropriate or let yeah campy. Uh-huh. There we go. Yeah, that was the word. And so it didn't feel like I was watching something. Like I wasn't watching a snuff film. I was watching something. It looked for so fun. fake. It didn't yeah. bug me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, make I realized gore you, fun I'm, again. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of gore either. Even though I really like drawing gory things, but I realize I like drawing gory things in the same way I like this kind of gore. Where yeah, it's like that like. Ne- almost neon red blood yeah. that's just like super fake it's super like Ooh. over the top um I like do when luigi that. stabs that woman when they're in the market and she's up, just like rolling around inventory. like hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah god and he she runs into him and she just he just stabs her <laughs> and when she's the brothers bleeding were on out, stage like, i was like Oof, yeah. I, i'm so unnerved oh man that i i will say whoever did the color on this movie had a blast. They they just went to the saturate saturation slider and set it to one hundred percent. There's like the 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 red the blood was a red that does not exist in nature. The uh the buildings were a bright blue. Every time something dramatic happened, the entire world turned purple and green. <laughs> They had like I wouldn't be surprised if this entire movie was lit with neon tubes. Nope. <laughs> My my only complaint is that the soundtrack doesn't encapsulate all the music from the movie, which is really weird. Like, it doesn't have the final showdown at the opera where Poppy's ah. like, Your mother once promised her love to me. That's a bummer, because I'm planning on going today and just listening to the soundtrack nonstop, and that's Yeah, the soundtrack, shame. that's the thing, is every time I watch this, I'm like, oh yeah, there's this part that's not <laughs> in the soundtrack. So if I can just please make a plea, if there's any way that it can be re-released where you have literally everything, like... Yeah, just the, text the Paris Hilton, I bet she has it. <laughs> Oh my god, Paris, I know you're super busy with your DJ business, but please can you re-release the Repo the Genetic Opera soundtrack to include <laughs> I literally guess everything? I get why though, because it's like an opera and and literally everything is sung. So if they did a full soundtrack, it would just be like this audio of the entire movie, right. pretty much. Yeah. Right. But that's kind of what else? Hamilton is. Yeah. I you guess listen to the Hamilton true. soundtrack, mm-hmm. you've seen the show. <laughs> <laughs> I like what they did with it's the true. surgeries being a fashion statement. Like, mm-hmm. they made it. Yeah. Like, you want a different spleen? What was the guy at the end who is like, my figure was extremely repressed before Gene Co. Before my yeah. surgery, and my anatomy fat. was horribly repressed. That guy was great. Give him an Oscar for that just <laughs> one line. I was obsessed yeah, with that, that guy. Was, uh, like, that was Marty Adams playing the role of big man. <laughs> Wait, how do you know? You're just I'm on IMDb. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, um, like, this is, a good this is what segue. I do every podcast. I, I have you were give like me a all these things just open at all times. <laughs> what were you yeah. gonna say, Lily? Um, so some of my favorite quotes, um, and uh, this goes to the the world building prowess that they did. But it's one of their first um, when you're realizing that they're gonna have this carnival. 
And the news anchors are like, oh, their Roddy Largo is in the town square. And the other guy says, I haven't been this excited since my first elective surgery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that one. I did like, and then I, I like, lo- they- oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, I enjoyed um, in the beginning, when you learn that Roddy has terminal cancer and he killed, they have him. He has his sexy bodyguards and fishnet shoot the doctor, and he says, "It seems the man who cured the globe cannot stop his own extinction." I love that line. I think Roddy has some. To me, Roddy's like Aaron Burr in this, like <laughs> just a great like storyteller. Um, did you guys like Grave Robber? Yeah, he was okay. Yeah. He's oh, yes. Just okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he was all right. Like I, I kind of if if I wanted, it was either I wanted more of him or I wanted less of him. But the m- amount we got of him, I was like, "What are you? I don't, I don't need this." I wanted I more. I want more. Yeah. Like that. That's kind of yeah. what it was. It's like he didn't insert himself as much into the story mm-hmm. as I thought he was going to. And so yeah. then thinking back on it, I was like, what is your purpose? And he kept screaming in the graveyard and giving their position away. I was like, what is this bullshit? Get this guy out of here. Isn't he a professional grave robber? Yeah, I, oh He's God, like, I want to point quiet, out that. I'm quiet. I'm quiet. Grave robbing. Yeah. He yells all the time. And apparently Roddy has one, like, like he's the most powerful businessman in the world. Um, and he has cameras everywhere but more than that he has loudspeakers everywhere <laughs> and at oh, yeah. any point he can just grab his microphone and talk to any point of the city because like when grave robber like yells it's like ah! uh, and all these guards start showing up because grave robbing is illegal in this fictional world well, um, it's, it's illegal, illegal in this world in too. Yet, <laughs> that's the joke um, oh. well it's not because the grave robbing is specific so there's this like drug that they use as like a painkiller for people when people go under zydrate. surgery yeah and there's a way to get like glass vial. street zydrate where you go and extract it from dead bodies that have it in them the so, world, uh, by the way, like they set up the world very well for I me. Know, like they had I, a culture of surgeries, which was mm-hmm. really cool. They had a black market. The world building was very, very cool. The Zydrate support network. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Amber, things. to the stage. The random Cyrillic letters that show up in every sign. Yes. yes. Well, you can't not. And the then, um, MCR video. <laughs> um yeah so this is um it's kind of weird there's you know in legal assassin you see nathan being like i killed my wife and i'm secretly this devil man but then the next time we see him he's like completely in the repo man state where he's like it's a thankless job and he's using the guy as a puppet oh god yeah um i thought it was like I will say there was something too. Like I liked how he had his like scary like Repo Man voice, and then his like normal like I'm just a nice dad voice. Uh, his Repo Man voice gave me very like Jack Skellington vibes occasionally, um, which I enjoyed. And also, honestly, Lily, the way you just described that song of "Oh, I killed my wife, but I'm secretly this devil man," like that's I, I find that attractive. 
like, Sam that's hopes the kind to of one day I'm be into. killed. Like, by... like that's inner psyche. This is of Repo Sam. Man. Yeah, I well, it's it's I, I either I either want to be that character or, or be killed by that or, character. or 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 like hook up with that character. I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's just funny because how it's like he's just completely um. There's the I don't know quick quick sidebar. If anyone has watched the SNL sketch, Whiskers Are We with Kate McKinnon and Charlize Theron, where they're trying to get people to adopt these cats. Okay, oh, so I Kate McKinnon is describing, is describing one of the cats, and she says, he goes into a dissociative state and commits atrocities. I feel like that is Nathan Wallace to yeah. a T. Like, oh, he just <laughs> kind of flips a switch and removes oh. a man's spleen. <laughs> Yeah, for fun. It's fun. That's a treat. Yeah, it's messed up because, like, you learn that he poisoned Shiloh. Like, she, he's part of the reason why she's so debilitated and, like, has all this this bodily, oh, like, There was, stuff in fact, he- some Munchausen going on in this mm-hmm. movie. I, I was confused on that. I thought I thought she was fine and her dad was actually, like, like, that's how I interpreted it. Her, her dad was, like, keeping her from the world. Yeah, because she I couldn't tell if it was, like, uh, Roddy just making that up to like turn her against him, or if he was actually like lying to her about her disease. Because Marnie did have a blood disease, mm-hmm. like her birth, like. But then she's able she to just like when walk away born. and be fine yeah. at the end. She she skips her medicine, <laughs> maybe a little thing more. Just um, gets up, yeah, which maybe makes it, it seem like the medicine was the poison bit. all along. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell if it was who what the truth was there, but what is the I truth? also. I also like that, like the Roddy, um, like him poisoning the cure that uh, Stewart had. I can't get his name. Anthony Tony. Stewart had Tony. Okay, Tony. Tony. Uh, uh, he. It, I like that it wasn't. Um, oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> ignore me. Ignore me. Oh, I like that it was a uh, reveal, like right at the beginning, like other movies would have had that reveal like right at the very end like like actually i was the one who poisoned the cure and then you mm-hmm. start hating him but no they were like here's what happened he's gonna 17 die years with ago. the guilt the 17 years yeah. ago everybody knows what happened 17 years ago yeah yeah um it Watching it now, I think when I first watched it, I was like, oh, Nathan, he's such a tragic character. He just loved his wife and daughter. And now I'm like, you piece of shit. You locked your daughter in the house. You poisoned her. And then when after she does the whole 17 thing and he slaps her and her blood pressure goes like, she's like, why didn't you tell me I had a godmother? And he's like, what are you talking about, precious? I'm like, you are gaslighting your he's daughter, not a great sir. father he's not no. a he's not a great dad does but, he keep yet, okay sorry does he keep the body of his dead wife in his house or is that just a dress i, I think it's like a mannequin a that he had styled yeah. up in a dress that she wore mm-hmm. but yeah because there's just the a, window a mausoleum that, to marnie yeah it look it looks into this room where somehow Roddy steals the dress too. And that's not explained, but like it really oh, to yeah, me, it looks like he <laughs> accidentally killed his wife and then has like preserved her in this weird room full of holographic portraits of her. 
He is Mr. Freeze. He's got some issues to work yeah. through. I love it sure. when Blind Mag in Chase the Morning, you see the eyes and the footage of Marnie shows up. And I love mm. that that shot where the camera just goes right up to Mag's face and she goes, these eyes can do more than see. Per- yeah. what can that's he, one of my favorite shots do? of the movie. Besides they can replay shoot, her memories. Shoot. Oh, that's what I, I thought it was like. So she plays her MP3 memories players. of Marnie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I had one thing. I didn't I and they're connected to 5G networks. About with oh, really? the eyes. Ultra wide? <laughs> I had I had one thing with the eyes that I, I was confused about because so a lot of these like organs that people have are like vital internal organs that people like really need. And so obviously they're gonna die if a repo man like comes and cuts out like your stomach or something or your heart. Um but so what happens towards the end is Mag has this like contract, which I don't think we've talked about, where she was blind. She got these eyes from Gene There's Co, a lot but, to talk about with this plot. But in exchange, yeah. yeah, she's forced to kind of keep performing for them and she can't leave because she's like this singer. Uh, and then uh, Repo Man, uh, Anthony Stewart Head, gets uh, told like, okay, she's like deciding to end her contract, so you got to go take her eyes out. And he doesn't want to do it because it's going to kill her. But like, I feel like you can remove eyes and not die. I like, feel like there's you a can, way to do but that. he won't. That's yeah, what I interpreted. But I feel like if he was like opposed to doing it and he like had to do it, he probably could have like done it nicely like <laughs> repossessions know? are dangerous she's not oh. safe dad she's not safe okay yeah. that explains it but yeah Amazing. so i was just like wondering about that i was like i don't think she has to die i mean it's not great like i feel like too the out, way that the way that gene co would have made the eyes it's like they connect somehow to like her brain or something like yeah, if you take true. them out oh and then you'll bleed internally or yeah, something like they, i feel like there was some sort of some safeguard that roddy was like way. if you yeah. don't want to work for me yes um but yeah no and it's it's really messed up how even at the end after you learn all the horrible things that nathan did you're still like, no, you're dying. You got shot. Oh no, you love your daughter. Every time I'm I was like, very sad. I, I I wasn't too sad. No, I was heartbroken. <laughs> I was like, this is a good song, but I didn't think. Yeah. I mean, Sweeney Todd kills a bunch of people too, and I was still bummed out when he <laughs> died. When Luigi like takes that knife and like slashes his ankles, you're like. Wait, no. Yeah, no, I was I was upset. And then that song at the end. Apparently, uh the song that they sing to each other, like I didn't know I could love you this much, like as he's dying and like his daughter's like holding him. Apparently that's a lullaby uh that uh Darren Smith used to sing to his son. So that wasn't in the original like stage play. Aww. That's something that they mm. added. Because originally the stage play Nathan didn't die. Uh, but then they killed him in the movie and then they added that song. <laughs> Yeah, I I think um, I think Peter, you could play Pavi, and Wesley, you could be Luigi. I'm just gonna say oh, it. God. No, I. You could be someone's ugh. gonna hang if I don't get my coffee. I will shoot you in the face. They had they had like clown energy. They, they had, had like they had clown, such good energy. clown energy. They were, and then Peter, you could wear the. They are faces. the current versions of the DC Comics and extent and cinematic <laughs> universe Joker. Yeah, they're just the two different versions of them. Yeah, they all love the Pavi. 
There was one. There was. I think it was more at the beginning when Shiloh gets invited to the, into the limo of Roddy, and Roddy's singing. And then they cut to the outside of the limo, and it's muffled. It's a muffled singing. Oh, it's so, so I didn't funny. know. It's I like he's singing like so loud that you can hear him through his limo from the other <laughs> side of the grave. I didn't I know if that was thought... a visual joke. It was oh, really I think funny. It was. It was. I thought it was it hilarious was so that it was funny. like, oh, he's like legit singing in this limo right now. <laughs> yeah. like, that's not like a storytelling. This is no. in I media res. Yeah, that was a great. Or, or like how um, he messages uh, Shiloh through like a giant billboard out her window. Like, yeah. there's a van out front, Shiloh. <laughs> don't tell your dad. It's a limo. <laughs> yeah, don't tell your dad. It's uh, <laughs> this inconspicuous giant, giant floating, floating billboard. <laughs> yes, this is all I'm going to say. But shh, hush, hush. Oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah, or or he's like good. hologram face that comes through her watch. Like... At inopportune times, it's like don't don't trust your dad. I have a cure. Break out and tell me who the repo man is. <laughs> okay, I will say that was like another moment of like uh, repo man, like Nathan, like switching back and forth between his two personas. Is like when he's like tucking her in or something, and she gets that thing on her watch, and he like turns to the side, and he's I forget what he says, but he says something in like the scary repo so man voice. Roddy thinks he can steal Shiloh. Yeah, from and then me. she's like, "What, Dad?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing." Like I thought that oh, I like that I like moment. moments like that. That moment was, was funny very too. like musical moment. Loud. It's just Nothing. Anthony Anthony Stewart head in this, you guys. He is a revelation in this. Yeah, yeah. this is the first time I, I've seen him in anything. I, he's good. Uh, he's and in a I, lot of I things. I watched this before I watched Buffy. So to me, yeah. like, he is Nathan or, or, Wallace or, uh, and Merlin. then Uther and then Giles. But, okay. like, yeah. See, he was, he was originally Giles for me. But then, actually, no, he was originally in Doctor Who for me. And then I saw oh, him he was in, in Doctor Who. Uh, Buffy. Um. Yeah, he's in like an early like David Tennant episode. I think oh, David Tennant. Cool. The one with the teachers where they're like, yeah, turning into those weird bat things. Yeah, he's a bat teacher. C- can I tell you my favorite line of this movie? Yes. yes. It it was right at the beginning, and it's when Shiloh is singing, and she sa- says she says something about. I inherit something, something from him. Do I inherit his shame? And I think. That was a really cool line for me, and it really, it kept going where she felt the direct, I don't know, she felt like she wasn't wanting to be her father until the end, and there was this thing with inheritance of the genes, and I feel like that is Mm -hmm. a real thing for, I, I would say, girls and boys that age, where it's like, am I going to be like them? Did I inherit? everything like their personalities that i don't like their their i don't know their choices that they made i don't want to be like them so i felt like that was a really pertinent line and pertinent theme throughout Mm -hmm. this whole thing so that felt like it was connecting directly to the demographic this movie was for yeah i love the ending song where she's like you have i've mistaken you for my like my destiny but the truth is my legacy isn't up to my genes like it'll always be up to me like no matter what card I've been dealt with my life with my genetic makeup like I think this the movie is saying it's always going to be your choice you always have a choice no matter what hand you've been dealt Mm -hmm. um but yeah no I always (laughs) looking back on it now when I rewatched it last night I was just in bed with like my like it just laying (laughs) on my chest falling almost kind of falling asleep I was like 
you're leaving your dad's corpse on stage. And I'm normally <laughs> never the person in musicals to be like, that's not how it is. But I'm like, what are you going to do with the body? Well, leave it to the people who desecrate corpses for a living. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah he's going to be organ harvested for sure. Immediately. It leads to the worst, most gross thing I've ever heard in a film. What? Which is no, at the it's end, not. the epilogue. Where it's like, oh my god, I Amber know Sweets say. comes out and oh. says something about, like, I'm gonna take over the company. And then Marty McFly or George McFly says he murdered like three people. Luigi. And then, and then Ogre or whatever his real name in the movie was, the guy with the yeah, face. Poppy. Yeah. Oh. He said, he said, <laughs> apparently Amber Sweets' face that, that fell, fell off, off uh, was auctioned off and they got a lot of money for it. And it was bought by that guy, and by he wears brother. it with pride. Oh, my God. I Ugh. was like, that is, I don't know. That is, is it bad that I'm so like, disgusting. I've heard worse. Like, that's not terrible. Yeah, that's really <laughs> In the context of this movie, like. Oh, well, Luigi gross. killed the other top three bidders. Well, if you want something well, even maybe grosser about that face guy, is uh, apparently the mold that they used for the first face that he wears is um, uh, what's like one of the director's girlfriend's face. Oh, yeah. I didn't actually find that. I, I saw that like, clip as well. I was like, he like eh. made her get in the mold because they needed someone right away to make it because yeah. it was on such short notice. I don't know something about a brother putting on a sister's face. Yeah, buying, 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 and then wearing face. it with pride makes me go. It's not her face yeah. anymore. Yeah, she had a different. Face oh yeah. Now. Oh, okay. It's all right now. I'm I'm good now. <laughs> you 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 made a great point. And I mean, he's keeping so in the family. Like he's like not letting her face go off to some That's random a family guy. job. Like, um, of okay. my, gotcha. my favorite, favorite uh, sequence of lines is actually in the epilogue. So at the end, you see Shiloh. Um, so Pavi, um, Blind Meg, and Nathan, the Repo Man, they're all dead on stage. Shiloh walks out, and she seemingly has rejected the offer to have Jinko. And then you see the grave robber. You know, he's holding the newspaper. And I'm just going to quick go over the lines, uh, bear with. So he, tur- he, he, he brings down the, the newspaper and he says, Goth opera, blood saga. Sometimes I wonder how we ever got here. Old grudges, scorned lovers. Sometimes I wonder why we all don't move on. Because we all end up in a tiny pine box, mighty small drop, and a mighty dark plot. And the mighty fine print hastens the trip to our epilogue. And then my favorite, but the little girl fled and the king is dead and the castle is left for the taking. But Jean Co may survive if it undergoes surgery. I thought that was brilliant. Like, I love that that sequence of lines. Mm-hmm. It was great. And at the end, you see he's holding the Zydra. He's like, Grave Robber's going to keep on keeping on. He doesn't care keep on, keep on. how the pecking order changes. All right, gang. So let's say, for instance, we are the Repo Men. And this movie is a Gene Co. customer. Uh, you have the option. You can either... Go after this Gene Co. customer movie. Cut out his organs. Kill him. Leave him behind and take these organs back to the realm of obscurity. Or you could be benevolent. Let him go. Let this movie go on and shout its rock opera-ness to the world. <laughs> what do you do, Lily? I go 
to the top of Nathan Wallace's house where the big projector screen is. And just like the grave robber, while he's robbing graves, I shout and proclaim this movie's excellence till the end of days. I absolutely love it. And I want the opera, just like they wanted this movie to like revitalize the opera genre, I, I still want that for this movie. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you right now, you might see this coming. Uh, I'm cutting this organ out, taking it back. <laughs> Um, I just was not enamored by this movie. Um, and, uh, uh, I don't really care if it dies. Wow. Uh, you like the one song? Yes. Out of the hour and a half long movie. I like the one song. How dare you? <laughs> uh, well, I'm also with Lily. I, uh, I want I want everyone to see this movie. I want this to be at like midnight showings because I would one thousand percent go in costume. I'm I'm already like trying to figure out if I can do a Halloween costume for this next year, and no one will know who I am. But then I can tell everybody, and then more people will know. I know this isn't the scenario thing that we just talked about, but yeah, I'm I'm letting that man run free. Uh, because more more people, honestly, like the biggest thing for me, just more people need to hear. And Anthony Stewart head sing and like the Buffy musical, he only gets like one really small song. And I just, I just need more of that in the world. Uh, so yeah, I love this. Yeah. People need to know how like incredible Paul Sorvino's voice is. Mm-hmm. Paul yes. Sorvino is an amazing singer. I will yes. say that. Uh, yeah. Like Lily and Sam, I would also let this gentleman go. I would also maybe just bef- befriend him. Mm-hmm. Just to introduce him to some other people. Just be like, hey, this guy has a very particular set of skills that he wants to show you. Maybe you want to watch it for an hour and a half. This scenario is going off the rails for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would keep it around. And maybe I'd watch this again, again with a few drinks in me. Mm-hmm. I might watch this again this weekend. Yeah. Okay. I watch it yeah. dead sober wow. and sing along to literally everything and ruin any anyone who watches this with me. Our friendship will be ruined because you'll be so <laughs> sick of me. You'll be like, we get it. Uh, well, uh, everybody, we, we have a, a little bit of an announcement to make. Um, all, all of our schedules are getting uh, quite busy for the next upcoming couple of weeks. Um I, I I am personally leaving the movie review uh, business behind for a little while to go make a movie and thus have absolutely no time to do this podcast until it's over. So we are calling this our season one finale. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. Um, this was all planned. Yes, this was planned from the beginning. This is definitely not a last like minute thing. <laughs> um. So uh, uh, we, we'll be taking a uh, short couple-week break uh, before returning to our uh, uh, lovely Hello from Obscurity podcast. And uh, uh, Wesley, I believe, is going to edit in some little teasers of upcoming movies that we have all picked out. Yes, yes. A little thing to keep you waiting uh, in the meantime. Uh, you can listen to this I don't know, montage of trailer clips. A storm is brewing, my friends. Someone has to stop it. 
every Sunday for about a year now. We've been inviting a guest over for dinner and discussion. Zach, this is Mark. Oh, hey, Mark, this is Zach. We're a bunch of damn liberals. What are you, a Nazi? Or is that too far to the left? Hitler had the right idea. Excuse me? <laughs> Let this pass. We can go on with the rest of our lives. This is terrible! What if you kill somebody whose death makes the world a better place? The blue bottle is bad. The green bottle is good. Everyone, this is Reverend Gerald Hutchins. Homosexuality is the terrible disease and AIDS is the cure. When a woman cries rape, it's usually because she's already consented to sex. Really? Yeah, really. I've never met anyone who's anti-Earth. We're not even giving people a decent meal anymore. The fag basher had Chinese. <laughs> have you seen any of these men? Ready for my one? All right. Brother, have you lost your mind serving me this filthy swine? How about toast? I think we're in the clear, and would you take off those glasses and that homeboy hat? It's a secret. You fellas wouldn't know a guy could get a decent meal around here, would you? Yes. File this under amazing stories, my friends. The spirit of the forest has been captured. Celery is mine. And all of nature is under attack. You're supposed to protect the forest, not destroy it! But now, nature has a new hero. Pikachu! And every hero needs friends. Celery! Hold on! It's the biggest Pokemon adventure ever. And it's only in theaters. Pokemon Forever. Starts Friday. Good morning, sir. Homicide. Spooner. Everything that follows is the result of what you see here. One of us. Is there something you want to tell me? My responses are limited. You must ask the right question. Does thinking you're the last sane man on the face of the earth make you crazy? That detective is the right question. We are on the eve of the largest robotic distribution in history. By Saturday, it will be one robot to every five humans. Have a nice day. A robot cannot harm a human being. You know what they say. Laws are made to be broken. Goddamn robots, John! There have always been ghosts in the machine. These engender questions of free will. Only one logical outcome. Revolution. This summer, Walt Disney Pictures presents a motion picture fantasy adventure beyond your fondest imagination. You'll be transported miraculously back to the enchanted land of Oz, that magical kingdom beloved by young and old for generations. It's just a yellow brick. No, Belina, you don't understand. This was the yellow brick road. You'll share with Dorothy Gale the shock of finding everything mysteriously changed. What's happened to everybody? And you'll delight with her discovery of four wonderful new friends who band together against a wicked queen 
and the dreaded Gnome King. This is the Oz you haven't seen before, and this is the Oz you'll want to visit again and again. From Walt Disney Pictures comes a whole new world of entertainment. Why don't we just fly back to Kansas? Return to Oz. And um, just in the meantime, just for our, our listeners, um, if you do need an organ last minute. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend Co. I feel like there could be another maybe less evil company. Yeah. I would just say just maybe don't sign. Maybe just don't sign anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> their, their Google reviews aren't very good anyway. Exactly. Yeah. It's only two and a half stars. Yeah. No. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's a whole I thing. I don't know why they got two stars there. Yeah. I, I think it was all the friggin' Italians who were just into <laughs> like, oh hey, I know these guys. It's all just their employees. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but uh, th- this has been uh, Hello from Obscurity. Thank you for listening. Um, we look forward to seeing you in about a month. Um, and we once again uh, highly recommend. Hey, if you want to follow along with us, uh, we uh, you you can watch these movies. We always announce them ahead of time and you can form your own opinion um yeah all right thank you guys uh i've been wesley i've been peter i've been lily i've been sam and goodbye from obscurity obscurity